Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mr. Hudson, and welcome all to My Life, My Music. Al, in this episode, we're going to be looking at tours, testimonials, friendlies, and any other business that you want to talk about. But before we get cracking on into the podcast, we often start with a photograph, and let's just indulge in Johnny Hines and that wonderful photo of Johnny at Craven Cottage, and you were there with your pal the other night to uh, see Chelsea win uh, 2-0. Yeah, I uh, I don't go to the coast too often, boys. They're very. Uh, uh, I, I you put the thing on the uh, the photograph of when we were kids with the Chelsea Boys Club, which was a very special moment. Yeah. I was a little bit too young, uh, but our Chelsea Boys Club was a good team. We had my brother. Who, Played for Chelsea in the youth team and went on to play at lower level. He, he was the one that played against Ian Hutchinson at Burton that time, and my dad recommended him to Fulham and fell on deaf ears, same as I fell on deaf ears at Fulham. Uh, but I've always, I've always been, been a special part of my upbringing. Not so much now. Uh, every time I walk past the ground I think of Johnny Haynes I knew Johnny Haynes very well I was getting to know even better when he sadly had that car accident and you know put the end to him it was tragic uh, he was such a great man he was in the mould of Bobby Moore you know up there uh, he could have went to any club in the world yeah. I think he's probably um, the when it comes in football terms I've never seen nothing like him for Lottie. All right, people like Bobby Charlton stayed in Manchester United, okay. But it's all right to stay at a big club. You're playing in big competitions every year. You're winning things You're in the European Cup. And then they had Munich, and, you know, which was tragic and it's close to his heart, obviously. And Bobby stayed there. But John stayed at a very small club like Fulham, but still was one of the first on the team sheet for... England for many years and I've watched him play the best I've ever seen him play is being on film because I was too young really and I wanted to go to Fulham and and take his shirt from him and uh, I told him that and that's how we become friends and I once wrote a book about him uh, where Fulham going to get the next Johnny Haynes from and uh, he wrote back to me he says you can't print this he said because Chelsea people will shoot you. <laughs> I went, John, I, told, I said, let me worry about the killing, you know. Uh, I said, well, you, you, this is worthy of you. I said, it's a great book. And, and and strangely enough, Paul, everything I wrote in the book has come to, to light. It's all, it's all come true because mm-hmm. this was before the foreigners were coming over, you know, the foreign players, and uh, and saving our game in many ways. But uh, and the first 
player I mentioned, I said there would only been one replacement for Johnny Haynes in the in in the kind of modern game then who I come across, and that would have been Gunter Netzer yeah. if he'd have went to Fulham and he would have graced the Fulham shirt and you know. The, the terrible thing about Fulham was, you know, it's always been known as a comical club, you know, with, because of Tommy Trinder and the London Palladium and all that. Uh, they get there, people say, oh, yeah, they had George Best later on who played there with Marsh and all that. Said, but George was finished. George went there for a laugh, you know, and he went, he lived around the corner, so why not? But no, Johnny Hayes was very, very special, mate. Very special to me. But uh, And as I say, he came down. I I come I come out of hospital, and my friend Tony Tony Millard in Fulham now. He's got the Clarence Pub. I, I use that often, and I'm a regular in there. And Tony had the uh, the bar in Ealing Studios, and he put on a big do for me when I come out of hospital. Money raiser, and uh, well, it was a money raiser come, you know, celebration for me getting through the coma and all that. And uh, Johnny. Drove that his mate Tommy Barnum, who was in the, who, who owned the betting shops in Fulham, was John's best friend, and he drove John down from Edinburgh, and John turned up the night as a surprise guest, and it was just that was what the kind of man he did it for nothing. He even put money in the in the kit, you know, uh, not unlike today. I could tell you many players who would have wanted money to come down, but I didn't even know he was coming in. It was just such a thrill. He was such a wonderful person. You know, he was like, as I say, he was in the mould of Bobby Moore and that, you know, one of the all-time greats. And you did wear Johnny's shirt, his white shirt, but it was the white shirt of England, that number 10 shirt. But he was famously called the maestro, wasn't he? Johnny Haynes, one of the best passers of the ball that England have ever seen. And, you know, when when you alluded to... Um, where will Fulham find another Johnny Haynes? I mean, where, where would England find another Johnny Haynes? He was in a league of his own, wasn't he, Johnny? Bless him. Well, the the, the, the the comical thing about it all is, which we all all we speak about a lot on on our show, is um, Eddie. Yeah, he's like George Best. If George Best had been English, he he wouldn't have got a game. Mm. Uh, and Johnny wouldn't have got a game in the modern game in England shirt sure, because he was too too good a footballer. Yeah. They don't want the they don't want inside forwards. They become uh, well, uh, they they're just no inside forwards anymore, are they? You know, you you've got the kids that are a little bit like them. Madison's looking good at the moment. Yeah. We had Jack with Jack. Uh, uh, Foden at Manchester, but they're not really inside forwards. They're they're not playmakers. They don't make the team tick as such. You know, uh, you know, inside forwards are probably the nearest thing to an inside forward is probably Modric, yeah. that played at Spurs and has done fantastically well around Madrid. And uh, David Silva maybe at Manchester City when it, when he was there, a wonderful player. You know, these kind of players. Um, but no, no, there's no inside forward. Yeah, we'll never see Johnny Haynes. But yeah, Gunter, and Gunter Netzer, I put him down. And then all of a sudden, I said, well, if they get Gunter Netzer in, they're going to have to bring other players in. I mentioned three or four or five different foreign players. And uh, and, and that's exactly what happened. You know, it's unbelievable. It's almost as if they read, read my book. It's a pity that they um, the FA didn't <clears throat> read your book, Al. It's a pity that the... 
people in suits didn't listen to you and take on board your suggestions on how to move the modern game forward. We uh, we did go back on one of the podcasts when you said about the 1953 demolition of England by Hungary at Wembley. They went back to the drawing boards, but unfortunately they couldn't draw. And that just about Absolutely. sums up yeah. English football. But let's go to your tours and testimonials. Um, your first game could have been against Granite Morton. It wasn't a, a testimonial. Was it an Anglo-Scottish game or was it a friendly game that Chelsea played at Granite no, back in it, those days? No, it was in the City's first cup, I think. OK, yeah. And uh, I was sitting in the stand as a 15-year-old, I think. Um, and I remember these, this team come out. It was a Wednesday night and Granite Morton, they, and they come out and these fluorescent yellow shirts as, as Matty to say you know we're going to make the most of this night and uh, Chelsea won 5 now I think and uh, and then it was up to Norton uh, Morton for the replay and uh, and I didn't go originally but I got the call up somebody something must have happened someone got the flu or something and they flew me up and I've got a picture signing all guys a young kid and I think where's that and Dockett is in the picture and Marvin Hinton and a couple of others and I'm trying to work out where it was in because I only looked a baby and it, it must have been in uh, a, a training session in Greenwich but uh, yeah that was that was my first ever trip well, if you get that photograph, we'll put it on your admin page and on your uh, your socials, Alan Hudson underscore 10 on Twitter, or now it's called X. It's absolutely crackers. What was your first... Because the difference is, I'm guessing, were you pre-season friendly, you're, you're, you're trying to get your fitness to uh, start the football season, you know, on the front foot, get points on the board. The end of the season tour is almost like a holiday and, and and a celebration of the season, if you like. Is, well, no, is that fair? No, with Terry Neal, it wasn't as well, of course. <laughs> no, with Tony, what it was. Don't worry, we had about five pre-seasons a season. Um, <clears throat> no, exactly what you say. That, well, that's what it was. Uh, you know, it was like a, a thank you for your hard work in the season. Yeah. Uh, and I was telling somebody, I was telling my good friend Kevin uh, Condon yesterday, um, I was saying, you know, the genius of, I, I showed him the program when I played against Liverpool, uh, you know, my England, uh, my Stoke debut. And it, we were laughing at the price of the program 8p and how, what it was to get how much the entrance fee and uh, I was telling him about the trips I tell him about that you know the show we're going to do this morning and uh, and I said the, the genius of Waddington was he don't he didn't just buy players to improve the team he he bought players with tools in mind yeah. and he knew if he had Gordon Banks George Eason and Jeff Hurst in his football club, he could sell the club to any anyone around the world. Yeah, and he, it was, that was that was how smart this fellow was, you know. And uh, when we had that hundred years of Stoke, and I went up and I I fell out with the club once again because they were the focal point. Them three went on the field on their own, and the rest of us just walked around it and then joined them on the field. But the three 1966 players who, who were in the World Cup winning squad were on the field first and that's how they sold that day. Yeah. So that was all Waddington. That weren't Stoke City. 
that was all Waddington. And, and Waddington did that. And Waddington, the testimonial was Stanley Matthews when he brought Puskas in and all that. That was all Waddington. Soaks that he wouldn't have had the first clue how to put on something like that. That was all the genius. That was all the, the upstairs work of uh, Tony. He was an absolute Incredible. genius. And, and this January, uh, it's going to be 50 years the anniversary of Alan Hudson joining Stoke City and really transforming that club to be one of the big hitters in the Football League, almost winning the league in 1974-75 season, Al. And sadly, had that roof not blown off, who knows what Stoke could have done under Waddington and bringing them players. Because let's just talk about that tour of Northern Cyprus. He signed Jeff Sammons and... Uh, did you tell me in a previous podcast he almost signed Francis Lee? God rest his soul. He's just recently passed away. He had a, he, anyone that walked into the uh, Golden Sands Hotel bar, he would have pinned against the wall. And he <laughs> he said to me one day, I think we spoke about it. I've got it written down on my little notepad, uh, Famagusta, because of the uh, you know the war started when we were there. Uh, they thought we started it. Um, it was a. It, we were by the swimming pool after about three days. We played the local team from Augusta, and I might. I think we might play Chevy Yard. I can't remember. We the trip was that good, you know. Um, and Tony came up was by the swimming pool somewhere you never see him. He had his shirt hanging out his pants, you know, and the same old Tony. He'd been up all night, and the, you know. He'd been having a good time, and he said, I need a favour off your hour. I said, what's that? He said, will you come to watch Sheffield United play tonight for with me? So I went, no. I said, I can't. I said, I'm going out. I said, we're on tour, mate. So he went, he went, Al, do me a favour. He said, because what it is, I'm thinking of sign a player from Sheffield United, and I want you, I want your blessing. I want to see if you think you could play with this bloke. That's how thorough he was. Yeah. And the respect was immense, you know. And uh, I said, I'll tell you what I'd do, Tony. I said, I'll come to for the first half. And only if you come out with me for the night afterwards, we go down this club that we found. And uh, he said, you got a deal. So I went and watched Jeff Sammons play. And strangely enough, Jeff Sammons played this night in my position. And I said... I said, the way he's playing now, I know they're only playing Famagusta. I said, but he'll end up taking my place the way he's playing here. He went, no, he says he, he's a left-sided, uh, left, left, we need him down the left flank. And he had a wonderful left foot, I said, and he did. He was a great signing. And uh, he said, no, he's all down the left foot. And, uh, and, and that night in the bar, in the hotel bar, Jeff Sammons was there and had him, he thought his contact with him. And Jeff Sammons said, it's all right, you're doing all this for me. He says, but you got to get the blessing of the club first. He says, I'm not going to say I want to come. I don't want to come. He says, he said, yeah, I've got some news for you. He said, the club have already agreed to sell you. I've done the deal. I've done the deal. You're coming to us. He says, not only that, I've got you a ready-made roommate. And I'm standing next to him, aren't I? And he went, you got in there. Oh, and we were, oh, he wished he hadn't have done it now. But, uh, and, and Sammy and I become like the Siamese twins in Stoke, you know. And uh... Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? 
and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As you, exactly what you just said. You know, the following night, uh, Franny Lee was in there. was trying to, trying to, which would have been a great signing, you know, with Jimmy Greenoff and Jeff Hurst up front. Uh, Jeff was still a good player, yeah. uh, but Franny would Franny would have got a lot of goals for us. And again, and he, he was... could. That's, that's the fact. When we played Leeds, he could have smashed Norman Hunter again, couldn't he? You know. <laughs> I mean, again, one of the game's characters, and City let him go. They they thought that um, his, his shelf life had gone, but won the Football League Championship with Derby in 75. And again, had he have signed on that tour for you, may have won the championship for uh, for Stoke City in the 74-75 season. Waddington was that close, wasn't he? Absolute yeah. genius yeah. of a man. And Sammy... Yeah. Um, Famously caught half past four in the lift by Don Revy, put pay to his England career, didn't he? Yes, he did. He didn't listen to me and get in the mini <laughs> in in the the cab outside. He said, "I'll be along in a minute." So I went home. I went back to the hotel and I got stripped off, jumped in bed. Door went five minutes later. He walked in. He said, "That's up my international career over before it's begun." I said, "Why? What have you done now?" He said, "I got in the lift with Don Raffi, <laughs> <laughs> and we had a we had a eleven we had a eleven o'clock curfew on a Saturday night after we played that day. How ridiculous! Mm-hmm. And there, everybody was down. It was all down George Best Club that night and having a great night. And he was just he only did it to see who would break the curfew." Uh, Alan Clark was standing in the corner, one of his players at Leeds, and I remember walking in, and Alan Clark said, "You'll go mad, you know. You like out? Oh, so it's one rule for us, and there's one rule for you, and it just shows you what they were like, Leeds, you know. Uh, I, I just couldn't stand them, and our players, uh, three or four Chelsea players signed for Leeds. I would, I would rather pack the game in and sign for Leeds." Your first tour, Al, can you remember as a kid at Chelsea, you didn't go on to the Chelsea like Barbados, didn't they? I don't know no, what it was. I, you didn't I go... missed the Barbados. I missed mm. the Barbados. I missed the Barbados. That was a, that Barbados tour. I think they went before yeah. I got in the first team. They did like Barbados. Uh, but I miss the Barbados. That's the one I wanted to go on when I refused to go on the under-23 trip yeah. because of my ankle. And uh, I said, I want to come. I said, told Dave, I blame the manager for the, for me getting banned. He only had to explain to Alf that, you know, he can't come because he's injured. And I said to Dave, I, I want to come away with the lads. I said, I've had a long hour season. I said, I can't play. 
Well, the game, you know, that's exactly how you started this conversation was it wasn't about going away and winning games. And, you know, Dave, had, Dave was obsessed with football, you know, and he didn't, he didn't understand the word holiday, vacation, celebration, you know. It was all that, you know, and uh, you know, uh, that happened. But I, I went on a couple of trips with um, the youth team, um, were quite memorable. One to Germany, I think one was in Bremen. Uh, and I, the one where I went to Lucerne with them, and with Inter Milan and Partizan Belgrade and all that, it was very impressive, you know, to see all the other kids in there. The, Inter, the one thing that caught my eye was the Inter Milan strip. And uh, although it was, wasn't Doherty, it was, um, you know, he, he was a he was the one for getting beautiful strips. Chelsea have always had that. And that was all down to Doherty. Uh, uh, but my my first real trip, uh, my first real trip, strangely enough, was um, I had the injury in uh, called the Os- Osgood Slater's injury, and that was when I was sixteen, going on seventeen, and at, uh, seventeen on, on June the twenty first was was the day you're either going to sign your pro or they're not. My brother was there before me. They didn't sign him because he was one of the people on the in the in the squad that went to Blackpool that got sent home. But my brother wasn't out with them. But he got tied with them, and he didn't sign him. And there was there was murders with my father. Uh, but then Docky says, you know, Alan's not leaving in no matter what. He said he's he's signing here, and uh, I, I was out with the injury. Then they give me the go ahead. I was out for about eight months or something with the injury, and uh, I couldn't run, I couldn't jog, I couldn't do nothing. I had a complete rest with my knee, and uh, Docky got the sack. Dave Saxon came in, and it was only on the say of probably say Frank Blunson and, and Tommy Harmer, my youth team coaches, and and probably Dave knew a couple of the first team they. They had seen me play as a kid, uh, and they gave me uh, a kind of a tr- half a trial at Kew- Queens Park Rangers one night in the in in a mud heap uh, for Mike Keane, his testimonial, and they it was QPR. I was I was half a QPR uh, supporter at that time because I'd gone from Fulham to QPR because Rodney Marsh went there. He was the best player. Uh, and I signed, he signed me the following day, and two days later, we was in Mozambique. Right. So that was where Eusebio was born, wasn't it? Yes, he was. Mozambique, yeah. 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 So I, that yeah. was my first trip. That was my first trip with the with the senior team. Uh, so I was, I was now for fully full pro at 17, 21st of June. Uh, Obviously, it don't take much working out, which I can't work out at the moment. 1951. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, and I remember the sights in Mozambique, mate. You know, what a dump, you know. It yeah. was it, it was terrible. I think we stopped in Joburg for a couple of days or something, but Mozambique was, uh, the heat was horrendous. I remember 
Sexton really threw a wobbly at halftime one game. He said, you know, outrageous the way you look. You know, you carry on before matches is ridiculous. you got to prepare for matches. And we went, oh, no, you don't prepare for to play against Mozambique. You know, we've had our preparation all season, you know. Um, you know, they got it. They, they didn't understand the what pre-season, what end-of-season tours were. Oh, right, pre-season, you can understand, yeah. you know, uh, that you it's for getting fit and, you know, Buckling down a bit, but not end of season tours. Any 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 professional footballer would tell you that. Absolutely, I've got down here. Al, uh, nineteen sixty nine seventy season. There was nothing of note pre season, but Chelsea went to Venezuela and Barbados. You played in Caracas and then played in Bridgetown. And the one game that you played in um, Caracas, you played against Santos and got beat 4-1. Have you any memories of that? Did you go on that trip? Did the boys coming back saying, Blimey, we played? Because you played them twice, didn't you? You played them in Kingston in the February of 1971. Well, I remember, no, February 70, wasn't it? I've got down the 2nd of, um, of February, 1971, 33,000 in Kingston. A lad named Douglas scored the winning goal in the 86th minute. Yeah, I remember the game, although it was went over my head because it was all about Pele. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'd all turned out for Pele. Even, they even had him come on, on his own and all that, as they would. Uh, but I remember that game. Uh, I remember Caracas. I can't remember playing Santos. I don't know what kind of team they had. I didn't play if uh, I can remember Caracas because would that I was trying to think of a song. I was on the beach. I was in the water messing about with Oscar. was having a drink and uh, I was singing back in the USSR. Okay. I'm not sure. I think that Beatles, I mean, the Beatles was my big thing then. Beatles, I was a Beatles, you know, we spoke about all my love for music and, you know, the Beatles, the Bee Gees, Air Supply, this, that, and Super Tramp. But the Bee Gees around that time in the late 60s were what this country was all about, you know, and uh, they were just bringing albums and hits out like f- fabulous a standard and you know like i say about footballers you know uh, football is all about when people say to me he's a good player he's a good player he's a good player i said well he, he might be he might be a good player they might be talented player but at the end of the day football is all about doesn't matter whether you're a kid in the youth team doesn't matter if you play on a sunday morning doesn't matter if you play uh, in the Southern League, football is all about consistency. Yeah. And if you could put, if you could play as well as you can play week in, week out, this is why I loved Alan Ball. Yeah. Alan Ball was consistent. Great players are consistent. Frankie Lampard at Chelsea for all the time he was there. It, you know, he was consistent. He didn't mess about. He scored them 20-odd goals every year in midfield. That's consistency. Mm. That's greatness, you know. And consistency is everything. In, and, and and in life in general. Yeah. Be consistent. Be, don't, you know, don't do one thing one day. Don't be a nice person for three days and an horrible person for four days. Be consistent. You know, be what you are. And footballers, I prided myself on that. And I think in 1970, 
too. My friend told me, after my injury as well, my friend Brian Madley of the Sunday People told me, he said, I broke the record of 10 out of 10s in a season. Well? Uh, Johnny Haynes held it, and I broke the record. I don't know if it's in the record books. I don't know. I don't know. Sunday people will still go through it. And Brian Madley told me that. He says, you hold the record for the most 10 out of 10s. You know, they, they used to do them ratings in the Sunday people yeah, back then. Yeah. And uh, that was quite something. Uh, but Johnny Hayes would get 10 out of 10 nearly every week because he played in a Fulham side where he was head and shoulders above everybody, you know. But for me to get it, and especially after my injury and... I think it weren't even, it was the 71 or 72 season. Might be, might have even been the season when I was fighting my way back after my ankle injury. Uh, but it was hell of a, a hell of a feat if I did. Uh, I can remember getting 10 out of 10s quite a few times in certain matches. And I thought I should have got 11, to tell you the truth. But, they, you know, they, but uh, so that that was great. Uh, that that was something else that tells you about consistency. That's why I mentioned that. Did you get any ten out of tens in the tour of El Salvador and Trinidad? Because Chelsea smashed Southampton eight three in El Salvador and smashed Southampton six two in Trinidad. They must have been really pleased to go on that tour with you guys. Well, that, I always relate to Jimmy Gabriel with that one because yeah. Jimmy Gabriel, my Seattle boss, was... Uh, oh, by the way, Alan Hinton was 81 yesterday. Oh, happy birthday, Alan. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I sent him my best result. We sent him an email in a bit. Um, but, um, yeah, Jimmy Gabriel was on that trip. I remember Jimmy Gabriel had this trick uh, by the pool. Uh, he'd throw a bottle of Bacardi he'd stand on the spring ball at one end of the pool and throw a bottle of Bacardi into the other end of the pool and dive in after it and come up with the top off and drink it <laughs> they were the, the Alehouse team weren't they and, but, but Ozzy coming from Windsor and then going there he, he knew a few of the players and we ended up, we, we partnered, we all got a partner, a Chelsea player and a Southampton. We all went out together and we had a drinking contest. And uh, I don't know who won. It was impossible to say who won. But uh, we said what we do tomorrow is, uh, well, it's got to be a draw, I'm afraid. It's got, it's got to end up a draw. And we ended up coming in at half time. And Sexton went wild. He went, I know what's going on here. He said, people have paid good money. I don't think it was about two bob to get in, you know, 10p to get in. So he's done it again. And he said, you go out there and put a show on. As we're walking out for the second half, we're going to the Southampton, lads. The draw's off. The draw's <laughs> off. You know. Next thing you know, we scored about three goals in no time. And they're going, what are you doing? What are you doing? We said, we're we trying to tell you. Then into Hollywood was going around smashing people. Oh, there was a, like a riot on the field because they think we'd gone back on our word. Because their manager knew what their team was like. You know, he had the right idea. You know, go and enjoy yourself. So that was what I remember about El Salvador. Yeah. Um, so don't take no... I don't know if you could get a bet on pre, on end of season games at that time but I wouldn't have bet on those games you know 8-3 and 6-2 whatever it was I think if you'd seen you guys in the bar before the game you wouldn't all bets would be off to be quite truthful and you're well, absolutely right because it was a bit of fun wasn't it 
And to listen to the rest of this podcast, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash SRB Media. Thank you.